This video is brought to you by Nebula. Today, Russia puts the Estonian Prime Minister on its wanted list. The EU's top diplomat says the US should cut military aid for Israel. And Hungarian politics is shaken up after the president resigns for pardoning a sex abuse case. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 13th of February, 2024. This morning, Russia has declared the Estonian Prime Minister, Kaya Kallas, a wanted person and has issued an arrest warrant. The charges, however, were not specified. At the time of writing, all we know is that the Russian news agency, TASS, quoted a source saying she was accused of destroying monuments to Soviet soldiers. Soviet monuments have been toppled across Europe at an increasing rate since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, including in Poland, Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. And Kallis isn't the only one who's been put on the Kremlin's list. Media Zona said that Russia's investigative committee, which investigates major crimes, has pressed criminal charges against dozens of officials in Eastern European countries. All the charges are over their calls to dismantle Soviet monuments and the desecration of historical memory, according to Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov. Estonia's state secretary, Lithuania's culture minister, and other Baltic lawmakers have also been named. These Baltic countries are among the most vocal supporters of Ukraine in its defense against Russia, and all three became NATO and EU members following the collapse of the Soviet Union. Fears are on the rise that Russia's war may spill into other European countries, and this news prompts some cause for concern, as this is the first time a foreign leader has been put on Russia's wanted list. Furthermore, Russia's foreign ministry spokeswoman Maria Zarkarova has warned that these arrest warrants were only the beginning. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. The European Union's top diplomat, Joseph Borrell, has criticised the international community, in particular the United States, for continuing to provide arms to Israel while expressing concern about the number of Palestinians killed by the Israeli army in Gaza. How many times have you heard the most prominent leaders and foreign ministers around the world saying too many people are being killed? President Biden said this is too much on the top. It's not proportional. Well, if you believe that too many people are being killed, maybe you should provide less arms in order to prevent so many people being killed. Everybody goes to Tel Aviv begging, please, don't do that. Protect civilians, don't kill so many. How many is too many? Which is the standard? But Netanyahu doesn't listen to anyone. But it's a little bit contradictory to continue saying that there are too many people being killed, too many people being killed, please take care of people, please don't kill so many. Stop saying please and doing something. On the subject of arms provisions, an appeals court in the Netherlands has ordered the Dutch government to halt shipments of F-35 fighter jet components to Israel, citing, quote, clear risk that the jets are used by Israel to commit serious violations of humanitarian law in the Gaza Strip. It comes as Israel begins its assault on Rafah, Gaza's southernmost city, which now hosts more than 1.5 million Palestinians who have fled the more northern parts of the Gaza Strip as the Israeli military had worked its way from north to south. US President Joe Biden last week was notably critical of Israel's actions, 
describing the government and military's response to the October 7th attacks as over-the-top, while also urging Israeli authorities not to assault Rafah without a credible plan for ensuring the safety of civilians. Nevertheless, Israel has been hitting Rafah with airstrikes whilst preparing for a ground offensive. Israeli authorities announced on Monday that they had carried out a rescue mission and successfully rescued two Israeli-Argentinian hostages held by Hamas in southern Gaza. According to the Palestinian Authority's television station, 74 Palestinians were killed during the operation. Over the weekend, Hungarian's president, Katalin Novak, a key ally of Prime Minister Viktor Orban, resigned after it emerged that she had pardoned a man convicted for helping to cover up a child sex abuse case. And this scandal is particularly damaging because Orban and his ruling conservative Fidesz party have presented themselves as defenders of traditional family values and the protectors of children. This especially applies to Novak too, who, before being president, was Minister of Family Affairs. While the pardon was issued nearly a year ago, it only really came into the public eye over the last week, following a local news report. The pardon was given to a former deputy director of a state-run children's home, who was convicted for pressuring victims to retract their claims of sexual abuse against the director. Amid the backlash, Orban's government tried to settle things by promising a constitutional amendment that would prevent people convicted of crimes against children from receiving pardons. However, this was not enough. Protests continued, and some party loyalists quit the president's team of advisers and publicly criticised her. So, under increasing pressure on Saturday, Novak announced her resignation, saying, I issued a pardon that caused bewilderment and unrest for many people. I made a mistake. But it's not just President Novak who was implicated. Former Justice Minister Judith Varga, a top Fidesz figure who was expected to lead the party's list at the upcoming European Parliament election, also resigned, because as Justice Minister at the time, she had endorsed the President's pardon. The Fidesz party said that the resignations of Novak and Varga are proof that on the right wing, mistakes carry consequences that are missing on the left wing, even for crimes. One of Hungary's opposition parties, the Democratic Coalition, said that there should be direct elections to choose the new president. However, under Hungary's electoral system, it is up to parliament to make the appointment. So with Fidesz's large parliamentary majority, the new president will surely be another Orban ally. Over to India now, where an estimated 25,000 farmers have marched on Delhi to protest against three farm laws. The rallies are being spearheaded by a breakaway faction of the SKM union, formed in November 2020, and they come just a few years after dozens of people died in a year-long farmers' protest back in 2020. Police in the capital have been filmed firing tear gas at protesters, with huge security arrangements in place and parts of the regional borders around Delhi closed off. The farmers, who are mainly from Punjab, Haryana and Western Uttar Pradesh, are demanding a legal guarantee of a minimum support price for all crops, among other things. The farmers are an influential voting bloc, and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi would be keen not to alienate them ahead of the country's general election this year, as he looks to win a third consecutive term. The farmers' movement in 2020 was seen as one of the biggest challenges to his PJP government. And finally, in some uplifting news, researchers have made progress in the development of a blood test that can predict dementia up to 15 years before clinical diagnosis. 
A new study by scientists from Fudan University and Warwick University used machine learning to identify 11 proteins that are accurate predictors of future dementia. There are currently 55 million people worldwide with the debilitating condition, and each year there are nearly 10 million new cases. In recent years, there has been considerable progress in research into the diagnosis and treatment of Alzheimer's disease, with early diagnosis being seen as crucial as it would allow patients to benefit from treatment way earlier. The research director at the Alzheimer's Society said, it's very early days and lots more work is needed, but this could lay the groundwork for the early prediction of dementia. As a TLDR viewer, I can pretty confidently say that you're curious about the world around you, keen to know what's really going on rather than just the general media narrative. And one country where this is particularly interesting is China, where a lot of media coverage can be muddled or misleading. If you want to dive deeper though, I'd recommend Polymatter's incredible series, China Actually, which explores the truth behind the Chinese news, examining the truth about China's one-child policy, why China has no allies, how Chinese censorship really works, and what exactly China's nuclear policy looks like. All in all, it's a brilliantly researched and thoughtful series, and it's exclusively available on our streaming service, Nebula. As you know, Nebula is the service that we built with a whole bunch of our creator friends and is home to tons of smart, educational content from all of your favorite creators. The best part is by signing up, you not only get exclusive series like China Actually, Modern Conflicts from Real Life Law, or The Logistics of X from Wendover Productions, it also includes all of our content totally ad-free and sometimes before it arrives on YouTube. Plus, signing up directly supports TLDR, because by doing so, you contribute to the budgets of these big budget documentaries and help us to grow and expand our ambitions. So if you want to get more superb content and support TLDR, then if you sign up using the link below, you can support us directly and get Nebula for 40% off an annual plan. That's about £2 a month. Thanks for your support and for backing Nebula.